Hi, I'm Chris Peppel, and you're listening to my Look to See Me podcast. Thank you for joining me today. We are going to talk about change. Oh, I know. People are like, I don't like change. And I think that's natural. We we get comfortable, and we're, we're satisfied with where we are in life. We're comfortable in our surroundings. We have a good friend group or a good faith group or good places we volunteer. Our family's in a good spot. And we're like, okay, leave everything just the way it is, because it feels right. It feels good. And so I know some of you, if you're listening, are saying, well, what's wrong with that? Is there something wrong with being happy, with feeling good? No, it's it's not that in and of itself. But here's what we tend to not want to admit. And that's our comfort and our inaction to bring any change is allowing a lot of harm to be done in this world. There are a lot of injustices. There is a lot of heartache, a lot of pain that we allow that we kind of just tune out. We don't want to hear. We don't want to know because I'm comfortable. I'm comfortable. I don't want change. I don't want to rock the boat. My life is good and... I know their stuff, but I'm a good person, and being a good person is enough. And that's a very narrow, harmful way of thinking, because we are all interconnected. Our well-being is tied into the well-being of all of those in our community. And I know that we know that on some level, but we don't like to think about it. Because when we think about it and when we admit it, then it, it creates uncomfortable. We're uncomfortable all of a sudden because we know there's something we should be doing. And we don't want to do it. It, it. That's natural to some degree because as soon as we start creating change, then we realize something else has got to change and then something else has got to change. And suddenly we're outside of our comfort zone. So I want to talk about some of the steps that need to happen before true change in our society can happen. First, our personal habits have to change. We have to not make us being comfortable the goal. We have to look beyond our personal step. No matter what faith community you're part of, I know that that's part of your belief system. It's not all about us. It's not all about those in our immediate circle. It's the world that we're looking at, that we are a part of, that we have a role to play in to make sure that others are safe and healthy. There isn't anything in anybody's personal faith writings that say the goal is for you to be happy. The goal is for you to be comfortable. It's just not there. You might can pick out a meme or make something, um, you know, take a little quote out of context somewhere and hang it on your wall and feel good when you walk past it. But deep down, you know that's not right. So the first thing that has to change is we really have to change our thoughts. We really have to change our goals and say, 
yes, I can, I can be happy in life. I can do things that make me happy. I can prepare a nice family meal. I can go on a vacation with my family. I can um, do something that's meaningful to me. But that can't be my goal. That can't be my life goal of where I, I stop. So once we change our personal habits and we really start reading books outside of people who agree with us only, when we really start to read memoirs of people that have faced challenges in this world, people that have faced abuse, people that have faced um, overwhelming health challenges, uh, overwhelming financial challenges, when we start to admit that there are injustices in place that we haven't even allowed into our thought process, that's the first step in change. And to say, I, I want to understand what's going on in the world around me. I want to know what other people are thinking. Then we have to make a commitment. I want to be a part of the change. I want to be a part of making this world a better place, bringing love, bringing hope, bringing joy, bringing peace. Those are the elements that this world needs. And that should be closer to our goal than I want to make myself happy and comfortable. So what happens then when we start to realize that there are injustices in our immediate community and in the larger world that we have not even addressed? We don't talk about because we don't want to rock the boat. When we see that there's an abuse of power somewhere, when we see that somebody lost their life as they did in my city this week and it didn't have to happen. It didn't have to happen. I'm in the city of Memphis and this is being recorded at the time of uh, police killing of Tyree Nichols. And so many of us now are addressing issues that we don't even know about. There was a unit of a police department that I had never even educated myself about. I had no idea that that unit existed, what their goal was, because I got in my own little bubble and I, I stopped educating myself. I stopped reading. I stopped reading reports about what's going on in my city. I stopped staying in touch with the processes going on in my city, and I just let whatever happened happen. So when I start to see things like this, when I start to see hunger, I'm not talking about just this one issue this week. I'm talking about people who are hungry in my city. I'm talking about people that are homeless in my city. I'm talking about the abuse of children in my city, the, the work of the Child Advocacy Center here. So then what do I do? I'm suddenly aware. We can't stop there. We have to open up to those close to us. When, when somebody, and I'm not talking about talk about it all the time. I'm, I'm not talking about every conversation has to center on this. But when you're with your close group or your book club, pick a book that makes you think, that you can talk about, that you can say, wow, here's, here's an issue that I have never educated myself on. Open yourself up to your family. If somebody is making a racist remark, if somebody is making fun of a woman that they see on the on walking the street, if somebody is making fun of a, a child 
that is hungry and dirty and somebody makes some kind of comment about parents should have done better, stop those comments. Say something. Talk about the systems that are in place that are allowing all of these circumstances to happen. It's, we have to rock the boat. We can't just say, well, I don't, I don't want to make them mad. I know they're, you know, they say racist things, but they're a good person. They could be a good person that still needs to grow and change. And if we allow those comments to happen, if we allow their neglect of another person, if we allow their abuse to happen, then we're part of the problem. So we, we learn to get comfortable with the conversations with those close to us. Talk it out. Look at it. Say, hey, let's all read this book together. Hey, did you see this article about this? Hey, did you hear this news report? Hey, why don't you uh, come down? I'm going to go down to the uh, city hall meeting and listen to what the mayor has to say. Then you've got to go public. I mean, we have to bring this personal change out into the public arena so that we are a light to all the darkness that is going on, that we can shine a light. That's literally what it means. If you think about, um, I was camping one time and there was, I loved to tent camp with my kids and it was incredibly dark. We were in a state park and if you ever camp, you know, the lights all go out at a certain time at night and unless you're right by the bathroom, uh, the building for the bathroom, there's no light. It's dark. It's like dark, dark. And we could hear all kind of rustling. And I knew something was wrong outside the campsite. I knew there was some kind of problem. So what do I do? I get my flashlight, crack open the door of the tent enough to stick the flashlight out, shine it around until I find the problem. We had not put the trash up correctly and a raccoon was going through a trash bag that I left hanging on the edge of the grill, making a mess, scattering it everywhere. And just in general, I knew I had to stop it. It, it was making a mess. But I shine the light until I found the problem. And that's what we have to do. If we're a light, we have to look for where the problem is. Why are abuses still being allowed to happen? Why are tragic deaths still making the news? Why do we still have mental health issues that are being unresolved? Why do we have childhood hunger? Why is domestic violence not ended in our nation in 2023? Do we really have systems in place that allow people to beat and starve and financially ruin people that are close to them? Yes, we do. And our niceness, our not wanting to rock the boat is allowing all of this to happen. So we start to talk openly. We start to um, learn how to correctly, without being combative ourselves, but in a loving way, in a respectful way, address these issues with people. Hey, don't say that near me, please. That, that offends me, and it offends people I care about. Um, hey, can I talk to you about voting? Can you, um, you know, I hear you talking about how you're going to vote, but have you thought about how that's really going to affect the people in our state? Those are the kind of comments that I'm talking about. 
Um, hey, can I can I give you this article that I've read? It it's really enlightens you, and I've heard some of your comments, and I know some of your comments are kind of hurting some of those here in the church, in the community, in the nonprofit group, in the in the workplace, what, whatever the scenario is. So learn how to go public and tell people lovingly, this hurts. So those are the personal changes. But now what about the, the bigger problem? We have to have systemic change. The systems in our country are broken. They are seriously broken. So once we make these personal changes, then we can look and say, how can I advocate for the systemic changes that need to happen? That's the next step. And really understanding that it's not, okay, let's arrest this one person because they did something wrong. Let's, um, let's change this one um, issue in my city because then maybe that'll help. It's, it's bigger than that. We are electing officials that are allowing deep systemic injustices to continue. We are electing people who are not listening to their constituents, who are not listening to science, who are not looking at mental health issues of their community, who are not understanding even the people that they are representing. We're allowing rogue police forces to instill some kind of terroristic approach to stopping crime. And we're convincing people that this is what it takes to keep you safe. That is a systemic injustice. When we don't look at the mental health issues in our community, when we don't look at what's behind the crime issues, what's behind the police brutality, what's behind domestic abuse, what laws are in place that allow all of this to keep happening, who are we electing that allows all this to continue to happen? Then we have to learn how to be an advocate. We have to learn how to go address our legislators on the national, state, local level, anybody that we can. We have to learn how to write letters, how to make those calls, how to say, hey, I'm in your district. That's part of my challenge for 2023 is I'm going to be driving to different places to talk to legislators and try to help them understand that the damage they're doing by some of the bills, they're, they're using fear you know, look what's going to happen if we don't put this bill in place. The whole world's going to be bad. And they're scaring people with false ideas of a group of people that they're worried about. For example, the, the hundreds of transgender bills that are across our country, they're using false language about the transgender community and what it's like and What's going to happen? And they're, they're telling their constituents, if we don't make bills and stop transgender people from having rights in our community, we're all in danger. And they're using that fear to build up the systemic injustice, to put laws into place that just are so unrealistic and so harmful to people in their own communities. And they're, they're based on nothing but fear. They're, they're not based on doctor's reports. They're not based on science. They're not based on the family's uh, lives that are affected and the people who are affected by these. 
So we have to look at, you know, the systemic injustices. Why are so many um, killings by police officers still happening? You say, well, we arrested this one and now we charged this one and we did this, but we're not changing the system yet. And we're not at that level where most people want to talk about it. They're like, don't rock the boat. You know, we're a lot of good people here. And that's what I keep hearing is, oh, these are, these are good people who are police officers. Well, they're also good people who are being killed. And being good people is not going to help anything. It's, it's the system. It's our personal beliefs. It's a combination of all of that that has to change. So what do we have to do? We have to create our own cycle of change. First, we have to learn. We have to educate ourselves. We have to really dig in to truth. What is going on behind all of these problems? How many women still die every day in this country or are beaten every day in this country by domestic abuse? How many children go hungry every single day? How many children still can't read by the time they're at the third grade? Are transgender people harmful? Of course not. This is, this is a fear-based system that we're putting in. You know, educate ourselves on the science. Listen to the doctors who tell you what it means for a person to be born, and I say that loudly, born transgender. Not choosing, not being rebellious or following some trend, but born transgender and asking for the right in this country to live authentically as they are. And we're denying people that right because we have a system that's allowed to scare us into thinking that someone transgender is a horrible person. We're not listening to the pediatricians, to the gender-affirming doctors. We're not listening to the families who have a transgender child that they are raising. We're not listening to the people themselves who say, let me tell you what my life is like. Let me tell you honestly, you know, how I know I'm transgender, how I am the one who tells you what my gender is. Because I know deeply on the inside who I am. And why that scares us just baffles me just a little bit. Uh, Because why are we so afraid to get to know somebody and base our decisions on truth? So that's what I mean by learn. Look at these issues. Look at the dangers that our violent police system, our armed, highly armed police system is actually creating. Look at all of these systems that need to change. Then serve. Serve people. Get to know people. Go into places where you educate yourself. Go where you are feeding a hungry child, where you are listening to a person, having a meal with a person who is transgender or the mother of a transgender person. Um, Sit with a single parent who is struggling to feed their child. Sit with teachers who have ideas on how to bring changes, but we've created these districts and these school systems that are not educating our children. 
then we have to advocate. Once we educate ourselves, once we learn to serve, then we have to advocate. We have to not be afraid to speak out. If somebody gets mad because you say we really ought to end childhood hunger, they're not your friend anyway. Why do you want to stay close to a person who doesn't want to stop any type of systemic injustice? If, if somebody gets mad at you because, you know, you say, I had a meal with a family who is raising a transgender child and it really enlightens me. If they get mad, if they make fun of you, of you if they um, criticize you, then you have to immediately realize they're part of the problem. So this is where I talk about sacrifice. You have to sacrifice for the greater good. Now, what does that mean? That means, honestly, looking at the systems that you are part of and deciding where you need to walk away from. You know, I I talked to a preacher one time and I was talking about some people had come to me knowing that I had survived domestic abuse and they were in the church and they were struggling with domestic violence. They were being abused and they didn't know how to tell anybody and they were scared of losing their family. And so I, anonymous, I, I addressed the preacher on their behalf and I didn't give their names because they were not at a place where they could go public. But I just said, you have some people here in your church. And the preacher said, well, it's complicated. You know, we can't really make anybody mad. And I said, can we put signs up in the bathroom that have the 800 number to the domestic abuse hotline? No, because that's, that's complicated. You know, that's, we, we can't have people, we can't do that. We can't put the 800 number in a church. Why? Just stick it on the mirror in the bathrooms and say anybody who's being abused can. And you're giving people a safe number and you're giving people a resource. Yeah, but... Okay, that preacher was part of the systemic injustices that allowed abuse to continue. I've had to walk away from places before that broke my heart to walk away from because I was comfortable there. I loved the people there. I loved the activities there. But they were part of the systemic injustice that was allowing people to be discriminated against that refused to stand with the LGBTQ plus community, just out of fear, irrational fear. I had to sacrifice that for the greater good. I had to say, I can't donate my money here. I can't give my presence here because when I stand here, people on the outside look and think I agree with what's going on. So it's a sacrifice You may have to say, you may have to walk out of even a family dinner. I was with people one time that I'm normally only around a couple of times a year, and they were being amazingly racist. I had to leave. I had to say, I can't be here. This can't happen. I I can't stay here and have people think that I support this language. So it is a sacrifice. You have to say, I can't, I can't do this anymore. Even if it means you don't currently have a church. Even if it means you, you lose your book club. 
even if it means you're not invited back to the Friday night family dinners. That's what being a good person means. That's what means to be a truly good person fighting for the rights of all people. And I'm going to end with this. Then it also means self-care. There's times where we face tragedies in our community and we have to step away. We have to say, I can't go to that city hall meeting tonight. I have to go for a long, I took a long walk this morning before I recorded this. Normally I record this earlier on Sundays and I took a long walk today instead. So we have to say, I have to turn off the news for a while. I need a weekend break. I'm going to go stay in a cabin. I'm going to go on a retreat. I'm going to go do something. Being an advocate and an ally, allowing personal change to take place, fighting against systemic injustices can be draining at times. So don't forget self-care. Go on a dinner with friends. Make new friend groups. Find people who are on the same page with you who believe the same things as you and hang out with them. Give yourself a weekend off, take care of yourself and then come back to that. Serve, learn, sacrifice, advocate, serve, learn, sacrifice, advocate, whatever order you need to do that in. But personal change leads to systemic change. And that's what we desperately need. Thank you for listening to me ramble about these changes today, and thank you for all the ways that you are already helping to be the change in this world. I appreciate all that you do, and remember, you are loved.